Will the Lions running backs come through in a huge matchup against the Broncos? And do you trust Zach Moss again? It's time to break down our running back and quarterback rankings here for week 15 as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Congratulations if you're in your fantasy football playoffs or on the brink of getting to your playoffs. We will help you and decide what running backs and quarterbacks you should play over another here as we look at our rankings for those positions, as we usually do on a Wednesday show. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL fantasy betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. Together, we are Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. We'll get into those running back rankings, starting with the top tier guys and what we think they're on their matchups in a moment. Before we do that, I do have to tell you, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, Michelle, let's uh, get started here and look at our running back rankings right near the top. Best matchup in fantasy all season long has been the Denver Broncos. And one of the best rushing teams in the NFL with two guys coming through every week, pretty much Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. We got to be high on them this week. I've got Gibbs at six, Montgomery at seven. You've got Montgomery at seven and Gibbs at eight. So Howard shakes out these guys start off as the elite must plays this week. Yeah. And I will say like, with them both playing, like in the beginning of the season, it was nice because David Montgomery was getting so much work, right? Gibbs wasn't really involved. And then Montgomery was out. So Gibbs was great. With them both together, neither have really had that super high ceiling, at least over the last couple of weeks. And it's been a while since David Montgomery has put up a top 10 fantasy week. But in this matchup, you know, Jared Goff has been struggling a bit. This team has been struggling a bit, right? They've lost two of their last four yeah. games. You would think in this matchup, they're really going to focus on that run, right? Just run the ball, run the ball with both of the. They're super talented, right? Especially Jameer Gibbs is super talented. But David Montgomery can wear down a defense, and he can get it done as well. So it, it'll probably come down to which one steals the rushing touchdown or both of them, right? Maybe hopefully they can both get in to see like which one's going to actually be the top 10 play. But I love them both in this matchup this week. Yeah, and you you make a great point. I mean, Jared Goff has been struggling, and this Broncos defense is nasty against the pass. It started yeah. really shut down things all over the field, and Amon Ross St. Brown didn't have a good game last week, which was very rare to say. Sam Laporta was even contained. It's a good matchup for Laporta, we know, this week, and we'll get into that yeah. with our tight end rankings here. The Broncos, again, middle of the field, they just can't stop the things. Power running and uh, tight end coverage, really their biggest weaknesses. So we expect both these guys to deliver. Again, it's really hard to tell. I think it just comes down to the touchdowns on who's going to have the bigger game, but both should be heavily involved. Now, Brees Hall is someone that I'm really interested in this week. 
Look, I might have to move him up a little bit. I put him conservatively at 15. And you have him at 14 based on just the Jets, right? The Jets can jet at any point. So <laughs> we have to be a little bit careful with that. But he's coming off a great game when it looked like he may not play, right? He was uh, getting dicey with his injury, but he plays. He plays well. Zach Wilson plays well. And you look at this Dolphins matchup, they just gave up a couple touchdowns to Derrick Henry, a big receiving day to Ty J Spears at the same time. I don't know, this Dolphins defense doesn't seem as daunting as I thought maybe just before this Titans game. So, look, Reese Hall is the bread and butter of what the Jets do other than Garrett Wilson. So I think he has another nice game here. And maybe we just forgot about him. We got into these flashy toys, Devin Chan and Keaton Mitchell. And maybe we have to look at the original model, right? Reese Hall, just an explosive guy with limited touches. So I think I like him a lot this week, and I might have to move him up. So I'm a little bit nervous about him. And I think running yeah. back 14 might even be too high, right? There's a long stretch of games there where he was very disappointing. So I'm not ready to say he's back because of one big week where he got it done in the receiving game, right? The Dolphins are below average matchup for fantasy running backs. It's not like the worst matchup, but it's not one you're looking mm-hmm. for, right? Hall scored nearly 12 fan- 11.9 fantasy points in full PPR in week 12. So that was just a couple weeks ago when they faced the Jets. But that was with seven receptions. All right. So he scored 11.9 points in PPR and he had seven receptions. So seven of those points came from just him catching those super small balls. He only had 24 receiving yards in that game, 25 rushing yards. If you're in a full PPR league, 100% feel good about plugging in Brees Hall because, yeah, you'll take those three points. He's going to get targets. But if you're in a standard league, I... I don't know if he's a must start. You you can still plug him in and hope for that touchdown, but really he doesn't get any rushing touchdowns this year. Yeah. It's a hard guy because he's been volatile and it really is gone with the jets offense, right? It sometimes can be competent. Sometimes it'll go in the tank. Sometimes it'll look like an elite group. So you never know what you're going to get from the jets. And that's again, why I'm a little bit conservative. I'll have to think about this one. Maybe I'm in the right spot because the upside maybe is top 10, but the downside is maybe, in the 20s so maybe going right in the middle is probably a good play this week now james cook look now i can believe in james cook i have a good body work here with joe brady and what's happening is uh dalton kincaid got hurt and he had a lot of targets last week he's been faded stuff on digs is not doing anything as much gabe davis is doing literally nothing so this offense suddenly is the james cook and josh allen show and i, I think they're doing it on purpose right i mean Take pressure off your defense. Take pressure off Josh Allen. And look, I think it'll continue. Even though the Cowboys matchup, it's a little bit tricky this week. So I wouldn't expect a big game, but based on volume and how much they're getting him involved, I think he's a must play. Yeah, he is. And the thing that stinks is that the Cowboys have been the toughest running backs against fantasy running backs, allowing the fewest points to the position this year. But at the same time, like you just brought up, they're going to use him. Uh, They've been utilizing him as a receiver. They've been giving him way more touches. And he's just explosive. So I I don't have him as highly ranked as I did last week because that matchup last week was amazing. But I have him at running back 15. You have him at running back 18. That's about like the last four weeks. It's been running back 19, 9, 17, and 3. Like he's continually finishing – finishes as a top 20 running back so you definitely like a great rb2 play this week but let's talk about a former bills running back oh no because my boy zach moss he's let us down the last two weeks you a know, little we, bit <laughs> I, yeah you think with jonathan taylor out like he's gonna go back to what he was doing at the beginning of the year and that's just not the case right he hasn't gotten into the end zone 
he did get into the end zone last week. A 10-yard rushing touchdown got called back. That was the difference between him having a pretty solid day and a bad day, right? You still have him ranked at running back 20. He gets the Steelers this week. I have him down at running back 17. I really just it's going to come down to the touchdowns, but his efficiency has also dropped dramatically since what we saw from him in the beginning of the year. Yeah, and maybe we're just realizing, look, uh, he needs some support from the offensive line. And surprisingly, they couldn't run the ball against the Bengals. The Titans, I understand, to some degree, because they were tough. He did have a big game the first time. But then the Bengals were just being gashed all the time. So, I don't know, maybe teams are saying, okay, we're going to take away the running game and hope Gardner Minshew doesn't beat us and going in that direction. And the Steelers might take a similar approach, right? I mean, there's also talk that Jonathan Taylor – could be back. I think it would be a bit of a stretch because it's a Saturday game, so something to watch there. And, of course, that would absolutely kill Zach Moss's value based on the way he's played the last couple of weeks. But if it's Taylor, I think you can bu- bump him in into borderline RB1, RB2 status. Zach Moss, again, he's only up there for me because he's getting all the touches. And we always love touches, but they don't add up to anything, and he's not catching passes to get those uh, cheap half and uh, full-point PPR points. There's not a lot there. So, Let's hope he gets on track. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott did have a very good game against the Steelers' uh, defense last week combined, so maybe they can use him there. But, again, the pass catching not involved says he's a little bit rushing and touchdown dependent, so we'll see how that plays out. Now, Raheem Mostert, Michelle, he got me into the number one seed in my league, so I'm very thankful to him. He's my MVP of my fantasy team here with 16 touchdowns. He was just amazing this regular season. Now he is going to be an integral part of what they do against the Jets, but Devin Chan, I think everyone has said, okay, this is going to play out like a lot of games, right? They're going to blow off the Titans. Remoster's going to sit and Devin Chan is going to come in and just to get all this garbage explosion points right in the second half. None of that happened. They were even for most of the game, even when they got a little bit behind late, they ran Mostert. They didn't really work in a Chan at all. So, I'm not sure what is in Mike McDaniel's head. I don't know. Their Tyreek Hill's hurt. So, look, they have to get a Chan involved a little bit. But I've noticed this. Every time Jalen Waddle does something, a Chan doesn't and vice versa. So maybe there's some weird correlation there with the quickness, short area, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not really worried about Achan. He's, he, you know, seven carries, yeah. fine. It's a little low, right? Still got 47 yards on them because his efficiency is absurd. Nine targets, like. He got nine targets because likely Tyreek Hill was out, right? And he's going to be, even if Hill does play, he's, I'm guessing they're going to utilize him like they did in the second half last week where he was in and out, in and out. Like I'm going to take the chance on A-Chan with even seven rushes because I think that's his floor at this point. And nine targets. I think last week is pretty much his floor game when he's healthy. And it was 12 fantasy points. Like, cool. Not every player can go off every single week. And that's what A-Chan was doing. First bad week of the year. So happily, you put him in your lineup. Like there's no way he's sitting. He has way too much high of a ceiling, can be way too explosive. And if he's on your bench and puts up a 40-point game, you're going to be so miserable during your fantasy playoffs. Like he is a must start in my mind. Yeah. I just get a little bit nervous with all these guys. I talked about like the chase Brown, Keaton Mitchell's we talked about a little bit that. Yeah, but he's not, you don't get a lot of volume. It's hard. Like you can't expect to reel off those long runs every week. Right. I mean, the jets still have some pride and they've got some players on the other side where they know what he can do. And maybe you get a little bit more film on these guys and you realize, okay, how do we contain this guy and make sure they don't, 
beat us with a long run. So that's just my concern. I'm still playing him, but I'm going to go more as a flex here. It's because he's so volatile. Like now, I, I look, he's good and I get it, but he's still, I, I, I wouldn't he, consider the running back. Gibbs split, Wait, right? Hold on, I think, hold on, hold on. I wouldn't consider the running back one, running back four, running back four, running back four, running back 26 volatile. Like that's well, the opposite. He, well, of that. now, well, that's volatile now. Like it, like we just have to like going forward. Keep in mind here, this is not going to be very pretty down the stretch. So they're not going to have leads automatically in some of these games. Like after this game, they got to play the Ravens, they got to play the Dolphins, the Cowboys, and they got to play the Bills. So I know the Bills are out of the maybe the fantasy football season for many, but. Ravens and Cowboys are not going to be that easy, right, to have a lead, number one, and then have them come in and do this. So, again, if they can do what they did in the first matchup against the Jets, he's good, right, if they're playing with the lead. But, unfortunately, it's really hard to go know the game script. And if, like, Tua in the passing game and they don't have to worry about Tyreek Hill, what are they going to do? They're going to contain a long run. So, look, I like him a lot as a player, but Mostert's always there, right? He's getting the bread and butter in the money area. So, a Chan needs a big place, and it's a little bit different with Mostert. Where, look, in all the high leverage situations, he's out there, especially when it's a close game. So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, you're definitely not sitting him. But I'm going to say, in most leagues, for me, he goes from RB two to flex. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he's still a very viable play, and that's something to be said here when the usage is kind of small, right? I mean, that's how good he is, and uh, that's how good he can be next year if Mostert is uh, kind of faded out as an older back so watch out for that in 2024 now we will get into more guys you want to play here 2023 here in our next segment but before we do that we want to hear from our fine sponsor yeah there's a few more weeks here left of the 2023 regular season we'll have the playoffs as well but this is the time you want to get in on the FanDuel Sportsbook because the weather's getting colder, but the NFL offers are staying hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So you like the Raiders tonight? Taking them against the Chargers? You may not want to do that. They're just a field goal favorite. But if you go in that direction and uh, you go there and you can get a win, or you might like uh, the 49ers against the Cardinals, there's a game you might like there for your win and you'll get that 150 bucks there with any winning five dollar money line bet if you think about joining FanDuel there's no better time to get in on the action the app is easy to use there's a wide range of betting options including spreads player props over unders and more so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on kickoff this part of the NFL season December January make it memorable here get into it before the playoffs start and the games get bigger there so check it out FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Use that promo code locked on now. All right, we'll get into more running backs we like that we might have a few more questions about, right? We're just debating how good some of these very good plays are in our first segment, but now there's some legitimate concern. We'll get into that in a moment. We have to tell you that Lockdown has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown Plus national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Michelle. I'm sorry about Ezekiel Elliott last week. He did a number on your Steelers, and they lost again at home to another two-win team. But now, Ezekiel Elliott looks like he might be the lead back. You looked really good 
catching passes, running with kind of what we've seen in Dallas, right, from his early days. And the Chiefs all of a sudden struggling with running backs. They allowed a big game to James Cook last week. They're a little bit beat up at linebacker. So I think he's another solid RB2. And last week he finished as an RB1. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are allowing the second most yards per carry to running backs this year, only behind the Broncos. They're a great matchup for running backs. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was... He's going to get so much volume as long as Ramondre Stevenson is out. So as long as Ramondre Stevenson is out, you keep plugging in Elliott. He's going to get all the targets. He's going to get the volume, and he's going to be a good play. We I, we don't have him ranked like super high, but I won't be surprised if he ends again as an RB12. Like I have my RB20. You have my RB17. It's going to come down to how many targets he gets uh, touched on. But he's a must play in my mind, even though I do have him down at 20. I won't be surprised if he ends much higher than that. But to make a tougher decision here, oh, what are we doing with the Chiefs' backfield, right? So if Isaiah Pacheco ends up missing again, can you start either Jarek McKinnon or Clyde Edwards-Alaire against the Patriots? And if you were to start one of them, which one would it be? All right, this is how I kind of break down. I'm trying to get in the mind of Bill Belichick. And why Elliott is a good viable play is because, what, their defense keeps them in the game, right? If they get blown out, then you're not going to have the same – situation here for the running game but on the other side defensively what do they do they take away the one thing that the team does really well so without Tyreek Hill remember it used to be Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey what do I take away they're going to probably focus on taking away Travis Kelsey and they have the people to do it at least to contain him right he hasn't been as explosive of late so that's been easier so what is it going to happen here that other guys are going to have to come through in the passing game right Clyde Edwards Alaire Weird that he was drafted out of LCU as a pass catcher and he hasn't really done that well in the NFL. But where do you go? Jarek McKinnon, Rashi Rice, right? Where are the guys that Patrick Mahomes is going to trust here, right? Outside of that matchup. So that's why I like Jarek McKinnon because the pass catching ability here and they got to get it going. I mean, you, it's really hard to run on the Patriots too. So straight up power running, no. You got to get McKinnon in space, do some gadgetry with him. So if you had to play someone, I'm going McKinnon, but I'm going to say more as a flex play this week and uh, no higher than that. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, McKinnon was the you know high score, higher scoring back in this backfield last week, but we've also seen some big games out of McKinnon, right? In fantasy last year, he was like a league winner. We've yeah. never seen that out of Clyde Edwards. Like he doesn't really ever give you that. And like you brought up the Patriots are super hard to just run on up the middle. You're not going to be able to do that. So if I was going with one of the, one of them, I would definitely choose McKinnon as well. But would you rather go with McKinnon or like a guy like Ty Chandler where Madison's banged up, he could miss, but even if he plays, you would expect Ty Chandler to get most of the workload has a nice matchup against the Bengals, but Ty Chandler's not very good. So <laughs> would you rather go Ty Chandler or Jarek McKinnon? I think I'm going to go with Ty Chandler because it's really trending toward Alexander Madison not playing in this game. So there's a better chance there that he's going to have to carry the ball. And they don't really have a lot of backs options, right? Yeah. In Minnesota. So Look, I would have him higher if Zach Moss had come through that matchup, but now I'm a little bit wary, wary, right? The Bengals all of a sudden short up something against the run last week, but you figured they have to lean on Ty Chandler a little bit more in the running game, especially if Justin Jefferson misses another game now with a chest injury. So again, Nick Mullins is in, and Mullins showed some life. And we, what do we talk about? The correlation, right? I talked about with the Broncos. This is another team that's really bad against a tight end, really bad against the run. That means you're soft in the middle and you can be exploited there, right? So it's uh, that with linebackers. If you're weak there, and that's where kind of the Bengals are, 
Chandler can get it done a little bit in the pass game as well. I think you'll see some check downs, some careful play by Nick Mullins. That's kind of why he's in there, right? Josh Dobbs is maybe trying to throw too many hero things that weren't happening. And I think the team will rally around Nick Mullins. So I love TJ Hawkins. We'll get into that tomorrow as well. But that should open things up, and they'll probably throw to the backs and tight ends quite a bit. So Chandler, I think, based on volume, I think he gets 15 touches, and that's the guarantee where I don't feel it any guarantee of McKinnon or Clyde Edwards Lair for touches this week. Yeah, I think that's fair. Based on volume, you do feel better about Ty Chandler. I don't expect big things from him, but at least you know he's going to get a lot of touches. Now, what about two other guys that we expect to touch the ball a lot this week? Najee Harris against the Colts. Really great matchup for him, but he's had a great matchup against the Cardinals just a couple weeks ago and didn't do anything, right? But Or James Conner, who before the bye week that the Cardinals just had, just went off against the Steelers. But now he has to face the 49ers. That's a super tough matchup, right? Conner had just six points in their earlier matchup, earlier season matchup against the 49ers. Now that was with Josh Dobbs at quarterback, not Kyler Murray. But which one would you go with here, Najee or James Conner, if you had to choose? Or are you happy playing both if you had to? Well, full disclosure, I do like the Colts to lose the Steelers this week. I think the Steelers do not lose three straight games here. It's not going to happen. They're going to get motivated. He's had a long time, Mike Tomlin, to chew them out and say, you guys better get on track here. It doesn't matter who's out there. So I do like them to run the ball well. And the Colts we saw last week, not very great, surprisingly, against Joe Mixon and looking at Chase Brown, right? I mean, so maybe it's a Jalen Warren game, too, that you can look at because they kind of were a good one-two punch last week against the Colts. We thought, okay, this guy, Grover Stewart's coming back, so the Colts are going to be better, but they weren't against the run. So that's encouraging there for Najee Harris this week. And I don't see the Colts pulling away from the Steelers. I think the Steelers' defense matches well, even if they are questionable with T.J. Watt and Highsmith there. I think they can take away Michael Pittman Jr. and make it really huff, tough on Gardner Minshew. So that's going to also say, okay, they can stay in the game. They can run the ball. That's where they're going to go with the Trubisky here this week. They have to do that and to win this game. And it's good enough, right? Well, we know how brutal the 49ers matchup is. It's just not good for running backs. And the 49ers, it's a double whammy, right? It's not a good matchup, and they can pull away from you, and that's it. The running game yeah. is dead because then you have to keep throwing in the second half. So that's the worst type of team to face, and the 49ers certainly qualifies that. Yeah, absolutely. I would rather go Najee Harris as well. I'm worried about James Conner this week. I know he had a really great game against the Steelers, but I don't think he's really going to come through for us this week. I think it's time to get into our quarterbacks because we have some good quarterback talks this week. A lot of the the top guys have decent matchups, you know, and those are easy to pick. But then we have some harder decisions to make if you have a guy that's, you know, struggling or has a hard matchup this week. But before we do that, we have to talk about another one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Prize Picks app. Do you love playing daily fantasy? Try out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skilled based real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they go more or less in their prize pick projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Prize Picks adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience. Players can choose from a vast selection of sports and stat types not offered anywhere else. 
They even offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted and will not account against your picks. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an in- injury insurance policy. Vinny and I will, of course, always go through our favorite prize picks, picks of the week on our Friday show. But if you want to get into the action before that for Thursday's night game, my favorite pick is Chargers running back Austin Eckler to have more than 77 and a half rush plus receiving yards against the Raiders to place this pick or other picks for tonight or for Thursday night's game or this week's slate of games. All you have to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Vinny, let's jump into these quarterbacks here. At the top, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy. You're playing all five of those guys. There's nothing really to say, right? You have them. You're the lucky ones. And because there's really no questions here about them, they should all do great. But then it gets harder, right? And I need you to help me with this personally. So you have Justin Fields at quarterback six. Now I have him in a league and Kyler Murray. I don't feel good about either one, but I would I feel better about Justin Fields than Kyler Murray. But I need you to really talk me into playing Justin Fields this week and make me feel better about it against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Yeah, the biggest thing that I like about Justin Fields this week, and I did a little bit of uh, diving into the Browns defense, they give up a, lo- a lot of rushing yards to better athletes at quarterback. So that's where I think a lot of Justin Fields is going to happen this week. Because you look, Miles Garrett is going to be there, but Justin Fields can get out of there and create, right? You'll know that. He'll see Miles Garrett take off running. If they get in too deep with the pass rush, he's going to have a lot of nice running lanes downfield. So I think that's how I would scheme up this offense <laughs> if I were the Bears. And the other thing I'll look at is Denzel Ward not being in there has done a lot of uh, damage here for the Browns, right? It changes up the way they cover things. And I just don't think they're as scary. But again, are the Bears really throwing to a bunch of guys, right? That's not how they get it done. They get it done with Fields' legs. They get it done with a little bit of uh, their tight end play, a little bit of just spreading the ball around, right? So I think I like Justin Fields. It's just hard for me to sit him in the spot. I, I get it. But I don't think the Browns are now this, like, team that uh, we can't do anything against them. Like, I think that kind of uh, curtain has been pulled back a little bit. So Justin Fields is just playing well, too. If you look at him, he's in command. They just beat the Lions last week. So I want a quarterback that is showing his talent and playing well. And talent, again, is always going to be number one where I look at these matchups. Yeah, I have him at quarterback 11 because I am just worried. If this was in Chicago, I'd feel better. The Browns are allowing 9.4 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks at home this season. So that it just worries me. And now I know Trevor Lawrence in Cleveland threw three touchdowns, right? But they also picked him off three times. So I'm just worried about that when it comes to Justin Fields. Maybe he they force him to make a lot of mistakes. But I think I am going to ride with him because we know his talent and his potential, especially for fantasy points. Now, I wish this guy was on waivers for me because I would go with him over Justin Fields, but he's not available. Matthew Stafford, he gets a he's been on fire, right? And now he gets the Commanders this week. We both have him at quarterback seven. Commanders have allowed the most passing touchdowns this year and second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Just a great spot for him to be in. Uh, and if you have him for your fantasy playoffs, that that's just awesome for you. Good job. 
Yeah, and one thing I want to say is we need Sam Howell to show up in this game. It's very important that he shows up because if you get into a situation where it's the Kyron Williams show and the commander's def- or defense just sucks early and that's it, right? I don't want that. Sam Howell, please show up it's because that's what we want. We want to shoot out here. And that might answer another question you have a little later in the show with Sam Howell. Maybe we can answer that now. But when you look at it, look, that's the other thing I like. This is a pretty high total. So again, what I say, I want both quarterbacks to be in a passing environment, right? And this one could be a very high scoring game. The commanders are coming off a bye, So maybe they'll clean up some things. You know, there's some holes with uh, their coverage, especially against tight ends. So over the middle of the field. So Sam Howell come through here because we want Matthew Stafford not to have, I don't want him to have one of those earlier games, right? When it was like 295 yards and one TD right because we had Kyron Williams go nuts no we need this to go back and forth but Michelle this is one of those too good to be true so hopefully it is true because you say oh they killed the Browns they killed the Ravens the commanders are half or even a quarter of the defense they should crush this right let's just hope it comes through sometimes these too good to be true with Puka and Cooper Cup just make me a little nervous because uh, that's when uh, things backfire and it, look it's been a weird fantasy year and I can see that happening but look logic and all the things that we do say Matthew Stafford is a smash play this week yeah, and then talking about Sam Howell, we can hop into that. I, I like yeah. this matchup for him against the the Rams. They allowed 32 points to Lamar last week, 16 to Flacco, but like that was Flacco's first game coming off of like not playing in uh, over a year, just coming off the couch and just you know joining the team and put up over 250 yards and two touchdowns on them. Kyler Murray put up over 20 fantasy points against them in Week 12. Dak Prescott went off against them in Week 8. So. I think this is a fine matchup for Sam Hall against the Rams. Both of these quarterbacks should have good games. I obviously feel safer with Matthew Stafford, but I do think Sam Hall also gives a nice game there as well. But what about, what do you do with CJ Stroud? If he clears yeah. concussion protocol, he's in the game. I don't think I can play him. That's just what I want to say. It's been two bad weeks for him in a row. Really three bad weeks of the last four. Doesn't have tanked out. We don't know if Nico Collins will be healthy. I don't, the Titans have allowed just 14 passing touchdowns all year, tied for second fewest in the league. I don't love this matchup and I don't love his weapons around him right now. Yeah. The funny thing is the Titans do give it up here to wide receivers, right? It's kind of a weird thing, but they don't really let the quarterbacks totally go off in this game because they have a pretty good pass rush. We saw Harold Landry come to life a little bit against uh, Tua and he was the big reason they won that game. So when you look at that, Yeah, it's not appealing, right? If he doesn't have the receivers and he doesn't have Dalton Schultz, let's not forget about that. <laughs> like That's another injury. Where is he going to go with the ball that we trust? And no, Brown has put up some zeros of late. So I don't know. Uh, I, it makes me nervous. I think I would try to find a healthier quarterback as well. I also don't feel great about him playing this week. I just concussions are I think that might help fantasy managers yeah. more. Then you don't out. have to worry about it. Yeah. Uh, and you're I, not pivoting to Davis Mills. I'll just no, say don't do that. Now I have the craziest question for you ever that we would have yeah. never thought I would be asking just a handful of weeks ago, right? But would you start Tua Tungabailola against the Jets or Jake Browning against the Vikings in your round one playoffs? Who do you feel better about this week? 
Well, if I go straight up to the rankings, Michelle, that we both have done as the basis of the show, I have Jake Browning at 15 there, and uh, I have two at 17, where actually he's not even scoring at that level. He's now, by average, the QB 19. So I actually have him over what he is. You have Jake Browning all the way up at 10 and two at 15. So if we're giving the people what they want here, and based on this question, based on what we've done, the answer is Jake Browning. And look, I don't even feel questionable about it. I don't like Tua with the old day-to-day status for Tyreek Hill. That makes me nervous. If Tyreek's not there, Tua's useless. Like, it's just not good. And what do you do against the Jets? You run. That's what you do. And your guy, Achan, could be very important, right? They might have to just hand off to him and Mostert most of this game to try to win. So, I'm not feeling great about Tua. The Jets' defense is playing lights out. We talked about Stroud. They destroyed him last week. They won't have a second bad game against the Dolphins. So, Jake Browning, look, the Vikings' defense has also played better. Let's not forget that. But look at the weapons. I mean, Joe Mixon is doing it with the air. And you've got T. Higgins back. You've got uh, the tight end scoring. You've got Jamar Chase. So, there's just a lot more weapons for Jake Browning, especially that questionable status for Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I know. I think I think I would lean Jake Browning yeah. as well. It sounds crazy, but I mean, we just saw two against this Jets defense. He put up not even eight fantasy points against them through a, a few interceptions in that game. Just didn't look great. And you add in the injury to Tyree Kill, like you brought up. I just I don't want to have to rely on that this week. So it's scary to plug in a Jake Browning. I get it. And the quarterback three and quarterback two, though, over the last two weeks, he's been doing it with his weapons. So. I think he is a, a startable option here, even though it's super, super scary. Uh, but we'll be talking about his wide receivers uh, and tomorrow's show. Yeah, we'll break those down again. The weapons, sometimes it all ties to the quarterbacks and who we're playing there. So we'll break down the wide receiver and tight ends for you and see what those look like here for week 15. For this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football and our running back and quarterback rankings, this has been Vidyar. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.